Welcome to The Entrepreneur's Doctor, where together with my guests, we help you, the entrepreneur, to create a healthier, happier world through your ventures. I'm really happy. Today, I'm joined by Rupert Skinner. He's design lead at 500 More, which delivers purposeful digital innovation. You know, many digital, actually any kind of health entrepreneur often starts lean with a very limited budget. And so I'm curious, how would you advise them to, to bootstrap their way? Okay, so I think the first thing, it sounds really obvious, but do your research. Um, you know, sometimes we see that people don't do this, but basically um, look at what other innovations may be in the market. Um, you know, have, have, have you, it, it, does your, is your innovation forward thinking or has it done, been done before and tried and tested? Um, where, where do you see yourself, if there is quite a competitive landscape, where do you see yourself uh, fitting in the market? You know, your innovation may have, have been tried, tested and failed. Um, so can't stress enough um, how, how important, you know, even if it's a bit of desktop research is just before you kind of do anything. Um, I'd also say um, the second thing um, is, is validate your idea. Um, so, um, you know, determine who um, is actually going to use your innovation. Um, you know, healthcare, it may be a clinician um, and ask them, you know, would you find this useful? Um, and, you know, something we, we do is we'll actually go as far as prototyping that idea if it's a digital innovation and actually testing that on real users. Um, and getting an idea actually if, it's, if, if A, there's a need, um, uh, and B, um, uh, if there is a need, whether it's, it's something that is usable and, and people are going to be able to actually use it in their everyday work or lives or whatever it is. Um, the other thing I'd really say is there's a huge amount of funding and support um, already out there, particularly in the healthcare space. And actually, that's, there's even more available um, since the events of uh, the last couple of years. Um, uh, and that might be uh, an SBRI or Innovate UK grant fund, um, if it's something that's quite clinical or going to be of, of medical value. Um, but there's also um, really good um, uh, accelerator programs out there um, uh, or incubator programs um, where, you, where as a startup, you'll get a lot of support setting up a business, um, as well as shared offices as well. We're actually in a shared office called um, Future Space, um, but there's a number of other businesses that we, we find we can work with, um, collaborate with. And we also have supportive services such as, you you know, advice on accounts uh, and marketing and those sort of things actually you you may not be um, an expert in and some advice can really go a long way. Um, the, the other thing I would say is look at the feasibility of your, um, uh, your innovation. Um, so, you know, will your innovation, is your innovation um, relatively cost effective to, to create? Um, you know, it might be that in your mind, you know, a WordPress template, for instance, could work for an innovation, um, uh, and then actually, if you speak to to a um, you know developer or, or engineer, um, and they may sort of say, actually, this is this you know this is going to take weeks to create, um, you know, which may mean that you need to look at how you budget things um, and, and whether actually your particular idea is feasible. Um, the other huge thing um, that, that sort of comes up time and time again um, is, is is also regulations in the healthcare space, um, and they that can be a costly. Um, you know, costly to, to sort of uh, to orchestrate um, and just something you kind of need to be aware, aware of from the get go. Um, the other thing I would say is um, be resourceful and network. Um, 
reason, I mean, we, we sort of met through social networking um, and the reason that I'm here today, um, the healthcare community, you know, everyone's kind of, a lot of people are singing from the same page for greater good and stuff. Um, and I found everyone's, everyone, you know, being relatively new to the space, people are so welcoming and, um, you know, everyone kind of wants to chat. And, um, you know, I, I personally, I've been to a number of events and, you know, talked to people in lockdown on, you know, on, on Zoom or whatever it is. Um, uh, and so, so that's one thing, but there's also a great amount of, um, uh, if, if, if sort of content out there you know whether it be podcasts like this one um you know i'm, I'm a real fan of podcasts and audio books because you can kind of be doing two things at once but um uh there's a huge amount of content uh content out of particularly on health tech so i'd really recommend uh looking at that um the other thing is you know start with uh, and this can always change but always start with a you know a uh, a business model or a strategy um you know, um, you know, uh, as much as is, is, is a product or innovation could be for, for the greater good, um, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, it's going to need, it needs to be um, financially sustainable um, and you're going to need some form of funding. Well, I did probably almost always going to need some form of money to get it um, up and running and, of course, uh, maintain it and, and carry out what, whatever you, you hope it will do. Um, so I think from the get-go, it's worth looking at these things. feasibility this desirability as well and that comes from your research at the beginning and, and consulting with your potential uh, customers and clients really and uh, often in in health tech especially what i've found is many of us are really if we're health professionals we understand the hard problems that we want to solve so that's one aspect and we might go so deep into the problem that we forget what the big picture issue is at hand and on the other side you've got the tech experts who they come forward with the name of AI or machine learning or blockchain or whatever and forget what the real issue again is. It's like all at the same time, we have to think about what are the main problems that we want to solve? Mm. Uh, is it going to be sticky? Is it going to be desirable? And two of the things that I found to be extremely useful, which helps with that initial research, uh, Rupert, you, you're probably familiar with this. It's part of the lean startup approach as well. Mm. It's, also, it's doing essentially a value curve analysis. Mm. Um, and I'll talk about that at a later point, but I found it so helpful to... First of all, you know, appreciate, okay, what is the solution? What is the problem you want to solve? And when you're looking at competitors, have a look at what those maybe top five, 10, whatever features you're looking mm -hmm. for are, and just score each one of those startups or other mm -hmm. solutions by those things. And you'll easily see the peaks and troughs and where you should be going in and, you know, creating mm -hmm. a new value in there. So enough about me. I want to get back to you because often when we take this lean approach, there's some common pitfalls and I'm curious what those pitfalls might be. Yeah. Um, well, firstly, I think, yeah, in terms of, of looking at the, the value curve, I think, um, you know, that is a really useful exercise um, that you can do and, and relatively easy. So I think it, you know, easily. So I think it's worth doing that. That's, that's a, a great point. Um, but in terms of, um, you know, the pitfalls, um, you know, some, we, we find that assumptions are the mother of, of, of all failures. And that is, you know, a bit of lean up, lean startup speak. Um, it seems really, really obvious. Um, you know, it seems that actually, you know, something doesn't work, um, you know, 
why would you you know take it to take it to market but actually you see um you know time and time again and a, a great thing i came across and you know if you haven't heard of it look it up is the museum of failure um and it's lots of um, products that, that have actually failed in the past um uh, and you'll be you'll be surprised that the, the huge brands um over the years that have of you know spent millions on taking a product to market you know the likes of coca-cola and nokia and and, and stuff like that um only to realize that when it gets to the market there just isn't a, a need or desirability um uh, and um uh, so, so i think that's definitely worth um really worth considering you know find out who your user is are uh, you know if you know ask them if this is of use and you know interview people um you know find if it's a clinician find the right clinicians and and, and talk to them i can't i can't really stress that enough actually um because it's so easy and we're, we're so guilty ourselves of um you know as a designer sitting around in a room with other designers and saying oh this is this is an awesome bit of functionality this looks great you know and we put it in the hand of the user and literally nobody you know batters an eyelid or even wants to use it so um so that's that's the first thing i'd say um and you, you touched on this uh, a minute ago actually bruise um and, and it's um, uh, definitely have focus. Um, I can't stress this enough. Technology can do so many things now. Uh, and, and it's really easy to sit there and go, yeah, we'll have a messaging bit of functionality. You know, we'll have some video video chat, um, you know, whatever it is in a, in a product. But actually, you know, go back to the problem you are solving um, and having done that sort of validation and, and that research and focus on that problem first. And these, these are the features, if of use, and when you've got research, can be built into what you're doing at a later date. So yeah, focus is really important. Um, another thing, and I'm so guilty of this myself, um, and it's kind of a trait of a, of a graphic designer, if you like, um, is really try not to be a perfectionist. Um, you know, I've worked with a number of, of, of innovators, and I can really see why, why in, certainly in my sort of early parts of my career, um, you know, how how people think on this but you you know there's a real tendency to want something to be absolutely perfect and beautiful and all of those things before you launch anything and you know no one can see anything and as designers you know sometimes you know you won't even show your team until you're happy and and actually when it comes to software you've got to kind of be a little bit um faster moving than that and get things in users hands because you could spend you know days designing certain screens with certain visual assets you know only to realize you know that a user doesn't even visit that page um, so um, that that's really important, um, and I guess to, to sort of um, I, you know to flow into that, um, I think it's always as an entrepreneur being flexible, um, and you sort of see over the years, you know, um, political leaders or um, military leaders who you know put their pride um, before decision making, and they they would have made a decision, they keep to the decision, and that can be really detrimental. Uh, I'm not saying it's as bad as uh, you know as a, a startup entrepreneur, but um, you know. Be, you, you may have come up with this idea, you may have told all your friends, you may have you know, put it on all your socials um, uh, and all of those sort of things. And actually, when you get it in the hand of the user, all the users are saying, we really, you know, we really can't find ourselves, you know, needing to use this. Um, so, um, but it may not be the end of the world. It might be that actually they, they kind of find that there's something else on the, the product that they like. Um, so always be prepared to pivot. Um, I think an example of that might be Slack. I don't know if anyone um, uses Slack, but, um, uh, they, that, that was a, an innovation that actually um, uh, pivoted. Um, uh, and um, uh, the other thing I've, I would, I can't stress enough is don't try and do everything on your own. Um, I, particularly if you're doing something clinical, um, you probably don't want to spend the however many years it is behooves to to um, become a become a doctor in order to to have an innovation to. 
um, you know, enter the healthcare space. Um, uh, but it, you know, that's obviously an exaggeration. But I would say that you know, um, don't, perhaps don't learn. Uh, you know, if you, you're creating some technology, try not to become a developer because you could spend five years um, trying to learn how to do that, and then. Um, in which case, you know, actually another bit of technology has come out anyway. So, yeah, try and get experts where you can. Um, you know, you can do that in, in quite a lean way with a bit of consultation to start with. I would add two things to there, which are essentially echoing what you've just said. So I'll start with the last one that you just mentioned. And absolutely this, you know, I've been guilty of this, absolutely guilty of this. Over the last 20 years, developing my career, I've, as I've been going along, I've been thinking, Oh, I need that toolkit in my toolbox, a tool in my toolbox, if you like. Mm -hmm. And so I go out and I spend another five years of training or education. Whereas, and I see this in my students that I've worked with, they come up with, oh, we, we're going to create something for mental health. Let's go and train to become a psychologist, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's a common, uh, I won't say it's a mistake because you've got to follow your, your passion mm -hmm. really. But at the end of the day, it's who can help you rather than how can you do it yourself? So you've got to train to become the composer of this orchestra. But the other thing that I want to mention is it's another kind of frame shift that entrepreneurs watching or listening, I'm sure are experts in this, but this is me learning as I've been going along is rather than, rather than be married and in love with your idea, Mm. be married and in love with who you want to serve i mean be agnostic first of all you've got to have unfortunately for for those of us in the health uh, profession we don't often go into health because of the commercial aspects of it to it you know we want to solve problems and that's why i see myself working with entrepreneurs who've got the commercial mindset for good reason and i can help them tackle the problems that really matter in the world of health mm. but but taking that aside you've really got to be agnostic in in the world of health entrepreneurship and mm. focus on who you want to serve and then the pivot is easy at that point because you'll you'll do whatever it takes to help them there is obviously the issue of uh, rupert i'm talking too much i'm sure but there is the issue of in real like radical innovation your users may not yet know what could really be helping them. They may want certain things, but what they really need is something that you'll be pulling out of your sleeve at some point, I'm sure. So I want to get to, to you really about what you do at 500 more now. You know, what specifically, what is the problem that you're solving? And number two, how do you help? Um, well, firstly, I love that analogy of, of, of not marrying your idea, but marrying your users. I think that's great. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to use that next time I get asked some of these questions because that's fantastic. Um, uh, in terms of 500 more, um, our mission is to improve people's lives um, through meaningful uh, digital innovation. Um, uh, and uh, so in solving problems, um, I guess there's still two levels to this, really. Um, the initial problem we solve is actually um, enabling a, an entrepreneur or a business um, or whoever it is realize their digital innovation. Um, and this can solve a broad range of problems, many of which are in digital health. Um, and they kind of, in terms of our, the, the problems that we do, we, we solve in digital health, they do range um, from more the more clinical side. Um, so perhaps a remote, we're working on a remote uh, monitoring um, uh, app for people with stroke or dementia, um, sorry, stroke, uh, dementia as well, actually, but also COVID um, recovery as well. Um, and that apps to help people recover from, from uh, those conditions. Um, we um, have also worked on improving 
um, certain processes um, that people with MS, Parkinson's and dementia need to carry out on a daily basis for their treatment. Um, so they'd be the more kind of clinical pathways that, that, that we'd work on. Um, uh, and then the sort of what I would kind of call, uh, sort of call the sort of softer stuff. Um, so the more kind of well-being type apps, um, uh, one of which is, you know, helping people um, be healthier at work is, is, is an innovation we, we work on. Um, or another one which is, helping people enhance their their um, ability to sing through exercising vocal muscles. Um, so that's the sort of softer side, I'd say, of, 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 of well-being, um, of health and well-being that we work on, um, so, or, or the problems we solve within that space, should I say. But if you want to build on that, how do you actually help? What specifically do you do then? Um, so I guess we, and there's such an opportunity here, is we use technology um to uh solve problems i mean for instance with people with um ms um and i've got to be a little careful what i say on this because this isn't launched yet um but it helps them carry out processes of their treatments that they would otherwise have to go into um hospital to do and it enables them to do that remotely really conveniently um and it, we were so i was such a privilege really we got to to interview went for a big process with that project where we got to actually interview um people that might find the app useful and you could really see how kind of that's really actually changing their daily life um and i think that's that that's where this space is really exciting um but where you know the challenge lies of how how can you you know you've got things that are sort of legacy and have been set up in a certain way for a long time how can you you know use um the technology we have available now to to solve um these kind of you know perhaps even more everyday problems that actually make a real difference Rupert, I'm just going to build one last question on this. So if I was going to, you know, let's say, for example, I want to launch a new app that helps people lose weight, <clears throat> speaking for my own reasons, but regardless, new app to help people lose weight. I'll come to you as an entrepreneur. Um, you'll help me maybe understand the problem, understand what technology is needed, but would you actually then help me build the technology? Is that what you do specifically? Or? Yes. So, okay. yeah, and, and that's a really good point. And I think through through um, various processes, we, you know, people have an idea for um, uh, a, a piece of technology and we're, we're kind of actually, you know, actually completely, literally help them visualise that. We, we even do kind of co-working um uh, exercises that will actually help kind of you know draw out what what this is going to look like um and that's a sort of earlier stage um but yeah of course we're, we're support um you know kind of whatever the we, we we sort of tailor each project to the resource available and the exact type of project but we would help um someone realize what their um what their product's actually going to be um, help them research whether that is going to solve the problems that, that's intended. Um, and then we'll actually design, build and, and implement that and launch that out into to the world. And hopefully it does solve, solve those intended problems. Absolutely. So if you're watching, listening, do check out the link in the description below to learn more about 500 more and feel free to reach out to, to the team and, and Rupert. So Rupert, more about you now personally. What, what led you here? Because you're not a medic. Uh, what got you into this space? So, um, uh, so I've been a designer for 15 years now, um, worked with a broad range of, of clients um, from, uh, you know, household names all the way through to a number of startups in, in probably every sector, actually, um, across multiple disciplines. So brand, print design, um, uh, web design, um, and more recently, lots and lots of digital product design. 
Um, and um, I've always loved um, projects that have purpose, um, projects that have an impact. Um, and, uh, and actually, I think lots, you know, I share that with lots of designers. It's great, right? You, you know, you go to work and you know all your hard work. You know that actually that is helping somewhere, somebody somewhere, or it's improving our planet or, or whatever it might be it is, is you know it's, it's a bit of a dream for for lots of designers um so when the opportunity to work for 500 more arose um it was kind of perfect for me and you know actually most things that we do um design and develop are you know are impactful so yeah that's kind of what what sort of led me there really just a personal note, because, you know, sometimes I, I hope younger people like my son growing up and, and me 30 years ago would be listening to something like this. You know, often many of us think the, the hard, um, first of all, there's many people going straight into entrepreneurship. They don't even pursue education. But then there's people like me that always felt, no, I actually want to train to become a professional. Initially, it was engineering. Then it turned into what I'm doing today in, in health. But, you know, if you really asked me, I would have probably thought I actually wanted to pursue art. You know, I, I come from a family of artists, not scientists or engineers, and I would have pursued that. And I, and I do wonder, you know, it's art doesn't necessarily have to lead to what you think it does. You could still be working in the health space. Indeed, any background you have could be applied to something that is mission driven. So, so I, I really want to encourage those who are watching and listening to, to pursue their passion and focus on on what really matters to them as well so that was a side note apologies for sharing that and taking uh, your time uh, it's so true and i think you know there is a real um uh it's about bringing things from different domains isn't it and lateral thinking and actually you know art and science are very different things but um there's certainly a really exciting kind of place in the middle where yeah. um you know where that that thinking if you apply that thinking to something else it, it can actually be really innovative and actually i think the more artistic you are the more creative you are and the more it helps if as a health entrepreneur you we really need to be creative uh, so i want to get to this question let's talk about creativity so if you if you were going to launch your own health startup you've seen all of these different startups brewing and growing in front of you what problem forget the solution but what problem would you like to solve Oh, well, that is, that really is a million dollar question. Um, you know, I guess it could be literally, um, and, and, and a difficult one. Um, but, um, I think, um, a lot of, a, a lot of stuff that I found really inspirational is around sort of digital therapeutics. Yeah. Um, and, um, there's lots of great start startups, uh, you know, or actually scale ups now like Ampersand and, um, uh, Lever Clinic and, and people like that, that are already sort of, uh, you know, pioneers i'd say in the space um but it's a really i mean there's so much opportunity there i think and and ultimately it's about um this kind of um recovery pathway or patient pathway and and currently um with our current health service um and i've seen friends and relatives and people i'm really close to go through you know a lot of anxiety um and actually if you are suffering from from a condition or or or, or whatever it is um, you, you know, you kind of need reassurance throughout that journey. And I think at the moment, there's, there's, um, it, it can be quite convoluted um, in terms of our, our, our kind of current healthcare system. And um, uh, I think there's lots of opportunity to join those dots. So for instance, you know, you're getting a letter through the post to go to one appointment, you know, 
um, in, in one department and then you're going to another department and sometimes you're not really feeling those people are really um, those clinicians are getting the opportunity to communicate to each other um, uh, and you, you're feeling anxious of when the other department's going to um, you know, book you in for an appointment, and you know, actually, all of these things could be, you know, on and, and there are solutions on on, a, on one app where you where you um, you know you feel like everything's centralised. I think there's there's a huge amount of um, uh, opportunity there, and you know, what what is a great healthcare system? But you know, actually, some more kind of uh, you know, the more connected it can become, the even better. Hmm. And I think just to kind of bring this back to what we were saying at the beginning in terms of what you're producing to be desirable you know if there's one side which is the patient or the, the person but at the core of it and this is where my heart is and i'll share this with you rupert um is you know behind behind any health system are obviously the workforce whether it's doctors nurses nutritionists graphic designers lawyers people behind the scenes who are holding the you know the, the reins really for, for driving this health system forward so if we can do anything to make life easier for them yes. we'll avoid things like burnout i've been through burnout which is what led me here uh, others who are, you know there's so many people out there that struggle but yet are determined to do the best that they can so if we as entrepreneurs as innovators can do something to help the foundation um talk to me get get in touch with me i'd love to hear your ideas so rupert back to you for any final words um yeah no and i think you're, you're totally right there um uh, you know it, it is actually it's always there's, ne there's never going to always just be one digital solution it's always going to be blended right you know and it is about the people and that's you know that's kind of you know ultimately if you're going through a care program that human human element is so important um, and of course, if anyone has any ideas for, for any, yeah, um, talk to all of us. Yeah, I mean, I, I obviously don't have a, a, an actual idea at the moment. So come, come, come talk to me. And, you know, we, we love to um, just chat to people about, uh, about their innovation. We sort of find actually something that I, was, uh, um, I hadn't mentioned is, you know, showing anybody an idea. And if you're an entrepreneur that, that just has an initial idea, um is is really valuable to get that sort of that that different point of view but if you show people um like ourselves who you know are experts or at least we, we like to think so um you know hopefully we can we can sort of advise even more on that so you know feel free um you know to 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 to, to get in touch with me um uh and and hop on a call and, and discuss um, an idea and I'm just happy to give you my opinion apart from anything else um the other thing i'd love to say bruce is um you know great work with everything that you're doing with the entrepreneurial doctor um amazing content um and amazing amounts of it as well i'm really impressed with i'm it. blushing i'm blushing yeah. uh, Enough about yeah. me. i'm working my way through i haven't quite got through it all but it's just fantastic that you um Appreciate uh yeah you that you're giving such um uh useful information to 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 people um you know starting out in the healthcare space mm -hmm.